fake, fake, fakety fake. Hi, I'm Jody. I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News, and then talk about elections. Hopefully for the last time in a while, with my friend Caitlin. Great. How are you, Caitlin? Uh, doing okay. Do you really think so? It's going to be the last time he talks about elections for a while. Well, what other election is coming up? I, I can't... I mean, I guess there's I mean, the runoff election now for the Senate in Georgia. Yeah. But, uh... Hope, I, I don't care. I don't, I'm done with elections. <laughs> I'm done. I think all the conservatives out there are hoping for for another federal election, so... They keep bringing up that uh, we scandal thing. We scandal, yeah. Which, you know, is a legit scandal. But it, like at the same time, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And it seems so, like, small <laughs> in comparison to that. Crooked Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, we're a bit delayed on our own recording of these things. And so we're going to play catch up sometime this week. So this is like two weeks ago for our, our Rebel content, but we will uh, we will catch up. So we're going to be covering the period right after the election. Well, slightly before the election and right after the election. And then hopefully all the election stuff will be done, at least for a while. At least hopefully for a while. <laughs> but right now, we're going to, sh- because it's the beginning of November technically, or at least in the world of this podcast, even though it's November 16th when we're recording, we're going to do the Patreon shout-out. <laughs> we would like to thank Richard, Durka, Darren, Sarah, Ryan, and Tim. You are the Laurentian elite of the Imperial News podcast. You're talking about the Laurentian elites? Folding from Laurentian elites. Canada's Laurentian elite. We'd also like to thank Vienno, Nate, and Nicholas, our foreign-funded environmentalists. What's your message to world leaders today? Uh, My message is that we'll be watching you. How dare you! Lastly, and most importantly, because he has paid for that honor, we would like to thank Ken, who is less annoying than Joel's interrupting cell phone. And had to basically start from scratch. We start from scratch. And that's crazy. We start from scratch. Testosterone flowing. We start from scratch. And that's crazy. crazy, crazy. Homeless people in LA have smartphones. Thank you so much for your support. You can donate to us at patreon.com slash imperial news. And now the imperial roundup. <laughs> One day you'll just become me. yeah i know my impression of you is just getting really wickedly good (laughs) hello my rebels hello my rebels i'm a good boy i'm a weirdo this is what happened on the rebel from november 2nd to november 6th The day before the American election, Ezra says this is the most momentous choice for America since the Civil War. Ezra then goes on to talk about the growing divide in America, calling 
Charles Murray, a great scholar on this issue? The country's coming apart, I think. Coming apart, that's the title of a book published almost 10 years ago by the great scholar Charles Murray. Charles Murray is mostly known for co-writing the book The Bell Curve, which is a racist and discredited book that argues that black underachievement is the result of genetics. And thus social policies can only go so far in terms of making black people smarter. Don't let Ezra try to convince you he is not racist. Ezra claims that rural people don't care about trans rights. Instead, they care about China, specifically the fact that China is in bed with Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Ezra then praises Trump for not getting involved in foreign entanglements by, I guess, checking China's military. Ezra then often promotes the idea that Trump is an anti-war president, but you can tell he really wants Trump to actually bomb China. Ezra claims that Trump rarely punches down, unlike Joe Biden. He then brings up Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau's rape allegations to then defend Trump by saying he once used the word pussy and the media then wouldn't stop calling him a sexual predator. This, of course, ignores the fact that Trump has been accused by over 25 women of sexual assault. Not that it's a competition. The day after the American election, Ezra claims that it was rigged. But he doesn't really say how. Joel Pollock, who was Ezra's guest, makes several claims, none of which are true or really make any sense. He argues that the ballots magically showed up and that Democratic lawyers changed the laws. Even though lawyers cannot actually change laws, elected representatives can and did to make it easier for people to vote during a pandemic. In a surprise turn, Joel Pollock actually downplays the extent to which the election was stolen, according to Ezra and does not like the idea of Trump going to the court to get a ruling on the election. Pollock says that Bush v. Gore, which was the decision in the Supreme Court that gave the election to George Bush in 2000, Joel Pollock says that that was not a good decision, since it took the election away from the voters, which is a really surprising take from Pollock, to be honest. He then argues that even though Trump lost, Trumpism has survived. And he compares Trump to some sort of Greek hero who saves the city, but is too heroic to remain within it. And thus leaves into the sunset <laughs> some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um... At the end, Victor Davis Hanson, who has a deep grounding in the classics and in the Greek heroes, talks about Trump as the Western hero or really the Western anti-hero and describes the plot of the typical Western movie when an outlaw comes into town to clean up the town because the sheriff can't and the people are terrified and the bandits keep coming by and robbing the bank and plundering the homes and so forth. So they make this outlaw the new sheriff and he cleans up the town because he's willing to do what nobody else will. But in the end, the outlaw is sent away again the people reject the outlaw. They don't like him permanently governing, governing, uh, and and he rides off into the sunset. And Victor Davis Hanson, who I, who predicted Trump would would win in 2020, and he still might, um, also said that the likeliest outcome for the Trump presidency one day is a repudiation or at least a rejection by the very people he helped for reasons that seemed ridiculous at the time, and it fits the the Greek hero or the Western hero, the man who cleaned up the town, the man who saved the city, uh, but was too 
heroic to remain within it. In contrast with Joel Pollock, Gann Bext thinks that the election is a lie and everyone is in on it. It was a media-ran psych-op to convince everyone that mail-in voting was safe when it really was a tool for fraud. The entire mainstream media infrastructure of the United States is being used to run a psyop on Americans. Just think about it. How could pollsters be off on the results so badly, so frequently? Are they actually that stupid? No, they know exactly what they are doing, and they know that they are feeding you and the American people a load of manure. One thing Can never discusses is if the Democrats were committing fraud in the election, why would they make it so they lost House seats and not win the Senate? And that is the week. On the Friday episode of the week, Ezra is realizing that Joe Biden is going to win this. And I think it was eventually called that Saturday, right? It was cheering in the streets yeah. and all that. We know. Yeah, that. Saturday. <laughs> but he's so he's realizing this. And so his Friday show was this a sort of accounting for the future of going, what would a Biden America look like? And he lists five things that Biden is going to do once Trump leaves office. And so I pose to you, Caitlin, given what we know about Ezra and what he thinks about Democrats, what do you throw out some examples of what you think are going to be on his top five list of the things that Joe Biden is going to do in the Biden administration? He's going to implement state-run socialism. You put Kamala Harris in the vice president's chair, and she'll be the de facto president in a few months. You know she will. And you've got a poison pill to make every capitalist put their plans on the shelf for a while. I mean, seriously, she put this video up on the Internet just a few days ago in her closing argument on the election. She'll give not just socialism, but full out communism. Watch for yourself. This is her whole ad. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we could get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. <laughs> I get one right. You did get one right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it so, so on, on the show, the actual response was, and it was the final response, was that Joe Biden was going to enact communism. And, ah, the way, <laughs> and the way he describes communism is that uh, Biden is going to make it so that everyone starts at an equal starting point. Just to clarify, that's still within a capitalist system. You're just really giving people like you're just getting rid of like nepotism and inheritance. That's it. Oh, for sure. I mean, like what he's describing is not the like the like abolishment of capitalism. It, but it's <laughs> I mean, and the fact that he calls it communism without understanding that is pretty silly. But then it's like. Even like within a capitalist framework, I mean, like, I don't know too many people who are like, it's a great thing that uh, some people start poor and therefore can never make it anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, I guess some of them do, but like, especially the, the extreme far right. It like builds that. character. No, exactly. It builds character. And that, uh, you know. Pulling yourself up from the bootstraps and overcoming your natural laziness as a poor pe person. 
builds character. Yeah, Jesus. And that's why you should suffer. <laughs> and that's why, you know, millions of other people should suffer too. But I love that that's commu- that's what uh <laughs> that's what's communism <laughs> to Ezra is that we'll all be at equal starting points. So Okay. <laughs> so that was one of them. Do you got any other uh, guesses? Um He's going to ruin free speech. You know, surprisingly not on the list. Darn. But but that that actually is something that I would have guessed. Now, like the closest thing that we got to that is Joe Biden, or not Joe Biden. (laughs) Ezra Ezra had on a guest named Ben Weingarten. And we've discussed him before. He's the guy who wrote the book American Ingrate, which is about how Ilhan, oh, they accuse Ilhan Omar of marrying her brother, which isn't true. But this is the kind of bullshit that's in this guy's book and the kind of person that Ezra has on his show. But Ben Weingarten, he argues that actually big tech is putting us all in big tech gulags. <laughs> but the main point is, yes, they'll do anything and everything they possibly can within the law and outside the law to impose their will on all of us, because at the end of the day, they don't want any opposition. They want the opposition dead, gone, figuratively. Um, we've all been, you know, we're all getting thrown in an ideological gulag right now on the big tech that they control. Which is sort of on this like free speech line. So he was the guest on Friday and his argument was that the, like they're kicking us off social media, like they're kicking the right wingers off social media and they're putting us in big tech gulags because they want to like squash our free speech. So... <laughs> Oh, but I think, what is it, like, more of, like, a surveillance? Ah. Like, they're trying to surveil us. They're trying to, like, the government's trying to spy on us through big tech. They never seem to be upset about that specifically. What they seem most upset about is the fact that they get kicked off social media for being racists. Mm. That seems to be their biggest concern. Because, like, I honestly don't think they care too much about the government spying on people. Except when the government is spying on, like, right-wing militias and Proud Boys and stuff like that. Because in their minds, it's like, great, let the government spy on Muslim people. Like, that's a great idea, right? Yeah. But it's like, but if the if the private companies tell us that we can't exist on their platforms, then clearly that's the equivalent of Soviet camps. You know? <laughs> so you so you're uh, one one to zero. <laughs> I can't remember how to do this like ratio correct, but you're right on one thing and you're wrong on another. Do you have another guess of what happened? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, something definitely to do with the pandemic. That's that's another. I would have guessed the oh. pandemic thing as well, uh, especially because I think I mean the, the free speech issue is again it's one of those like forever issues, and the the pandemic thing is like very fresh. So you would think that there would be something that I mean, there's a pandemic adjacent thing. Okay. Yes, kind of. And it has to do with a specific country. <laughs> Can you guess what country? <laughs> China. China. <laughs> Just letting Joe Biden know he's well loved in China. He and his son are welcome back anytime to do business, and the big guy can take as much commission as he wants. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you're relying on the mainstream media, which did not report the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. So that was actually the number one thing that Ezra had listed, was that Joe Biden is going to be best friends with China and basically 
supplicate them and do everything that China wants, including vaccinate us and like other things. So that's why it's like it's COVID adjacent. But like it's weird because he has I think the reason why COVID didn't play as prominent a role in his top five here is because he's been pushing the line that like COVID isn't that big of a deal anymore. Although to that end, he has been going on about these like lockdowns. So I'm surprised that he didn't have a point saying that like Joe Biden was going to lock down all of America forever or so, <laughs> or create <Yeah>. uh, FEMA camps. <laughs> Would not have surprised me if that was on the list. So we got China and communism. Any other guesses? Mm, the problem is we haven't heard too much about Joe Biden on the rebel. Well, these are, none, none of this is going to be like attached. Like he didn't need to say anything. <laughs> this is clearly like projection on uh, Ezra's part, right? Something about the environment. Um, so, something about climate change. Yes. So his argument here is that Joe Biden is going to make oil disappear forever. Okay. <laughs> I'd be worried if I were in the fracking business or anyone in oil and gas or pipelines or drilling. I thought it, I was going to say stop fracking because that's what I've heard going around. Like he's going to stop fracking and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's probably included in what Ezra is thinking. But his main thing is that he's going to end the oil industry completely. And I also wanted to mention on that, because it's something that we've discussed before, is they mention again the idea that you can't train people who work on oil rigs to code, that that's just like impossible because like born an oil man, you die an oil man. <laughs> There's no changing. And again, I find that so fascinating. But it makes sense because I, I heard someone put it to me like this way the other day. I was watching something, but like the conservative person that this other person was watching had mentioned that like astrology was okay, actually, or like might be accurate, actually. And the argument is like, of course, the conservative will think that astrology is probably true because conservatives are always essentializing people. Right. Yeah. So it's like if you're essentially what your star sign is, how is that any different than you're like essentially an oil man forever? <laughs> like. Like, they just love these, like, innate characteristics that, like, can't change. And that sociology must all go away because it's all genetics or something. Or stuff yeah. science, you know? I just find that so fascinating that it, it sort of, like, works out that way. Fascinating in terms of studying them as, a, as creatures in the wild. <laughs> so we're down. There's two more to go. Any other guesses? Mm. one's a really big issue I mean there was uh, rioting in the streets oh Black Lives Matter <laughs> so Ezra thinks, the Ezra thinks that Joe Biden is going to defund the police <laughs> uh, bad news for the police the defunding police people are in charge good news for Antifa the defunding police people are in charge don't think you can protect yourself, though. Biden has made it clear he's going to do away with the guns as far as he can. And God, I wish he was right about this. <laughs> I don't think Ezra is right about this. But man, it would be nice if uh, he was right about this. But he does realize who the vice president is, right? 
Well, I mean, not only is Kamala a cop, and like whatever, we could push all that aside, but like Joe Biden was like very adamant of like, I'm not gonna be defunding the police. Like even throughout the campaign, like forget the primaries, throughout like the campaign against Trump, that's all he kept saying was I'm not gonna defund the police. The sirens always seem to happen whenever we're talking about the police. <laughs> yeah, they do kind of coincidentally do that. <laughs> I mean, but this is what I was getting at where it, like all of this is projection because Ezra never talks about Biden saying he's going to defund the police or anything about Biden's actions that would lead him to believe that he's going to defund the police. This is just like Ezra's like afraid of the future of America and his like fear of a, of a future Democrat led America is that it would just be like. They're all AOCs and they all defunded the police. <laughs> yeah. Which is not at all how this goes. Now, the last one, I'll just say, th- this one caught me off guard just in how, if you compare this one to all the others on the list, it seems the most small in terms of impact. But you can see, like, I'll just say it. So basically, He thinks that Joe Biden is going to finally allow trans women to play in women's sports. If Biden wins, you'll see women's and girls' sports pretty much snuffed out in five years, I predict, as any boys and men who can't hack it on the the boys' team, the second Raiders, they go to beat the girls by saying they're trans. You bet they will. And the thing is, like, of course, this is an extension of their trans bigotry and all that bullshit. But then it's like, it's so small compared, like, like, like world issues like China, the oil thing. I mean, it's not small to our trans colleagues who are going to feel the brunt of this transphobia that keeps happening, right? It's not small to them. And I realize that. But it's such a small thing to be so, for it, for it to get to Ezra so much that it's in this list of five worst things that are going to like come out of a Biden administration is that somehow trans women will play alongside other women in sports. It's uh, rather disgusting, if you ask me. (laughs) But not surprising. But that is his list of five. So again, Biden will be best friends with China. Oil is going to go away forever. Police will be defunded. Trans women will play sports. And communism. Joe Biden's America sounds fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's like, I would see a problem with any of these. I mean, maybe the BFFs with China, I'd moderate a little. Like, if he was, like, casually acquaintances with China? <laughs> but otherwise, yes, I don't see a problem with any of these. Yeah, that sounds pretty fucking great to me. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations, America. <laughs> Yeah, finally you, made it. <laughs> I hope you enjoy your communism. It's, <laughs> you did it. I'm going to end on this one last thing, which is that uh, Ben Weingarten, when he was on the show, he sort of talked about the strategy moving forward and highlighted that what they're, what he wants to see done is for people in the House and the Senate, especially Republicans, to sort of push this Obamagate narrative and that 
and to tie this Obamagate narrative to Biden. And so what the Obamagate stuff was, was that at the beginning of Trump's election, they spied on his campaign and all this other crazy stuff that isn't exactly true, right? So yes, the FBI was uh, monitoring some of the members on Trump's campaign because they were engaged in illegal activity. Not... <laughs> But yeah. somehow this is being pushed by the Republicans as this idea that Obama and all these people mastermind this plan to spy on the Trump administration. And to what end? Because Trump got elected anyways. So it's like none of it makes any sense. Yeah. There you have it. But you could tell like this is we're going to get my guess in the next few years. You're going to get a lot of Obamagate stuff in the same way that you had Benghazi stuff to like slander Hillary Clinton with uh, during the lead up to the 2016 election. So great. <laughs> I just figured I would put that out there because I actually do think that this is going to be a Republican strategy. And my hope, my hope is that it isn't, but they elected uh, their first QAnon member to the house. So it's not looking great for, for that. <laughs> and so uh, stay safe, America. Have you heard of the Tropicana Community Services of Ontario? Well, a little bit. So they're going on strike, or at least they passed a, uh, a strike mandate which mm -hmm. allows them to go on strike today when we're recording. I didn't see any news suggesting that they did go on strike uh, or they did walk out today. But if they did, uh, I wish them well. And so just to be clear, Tropicana is not the orange juice company, <laughs> which is when I first started seeing these news articles, I was like, they're unionized? And maybe they're unionized to like uh, food workers or whatever, but... Anyways, Tropicana Community Services, uh, they offer like education training and stuff like this. And they haven't seen a wage hike in 15 years. They're organized by SEU, uh, which is Serv uh, Services Employees Employee International Union. And they're coming into contact with the same law that uh, uh, your union, Caitlin, has come into con conflict with, but then also the teacher unions were coming into conflict with, which is this Bill 124, which has put a freeze on public wage increases. And since Tropicana Community Services helps, uh, is a publicly funded organization, I think they're connected with uh, United Way as well. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't know if you had a few things you wanted to uh, yell about Bill 124 or whether or not you, you foresee this being an issue in your bargaining as well. But this seems to be a common theme that everyone is facing uh, with uh, Bill 124. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's just, just a way of austerity as well as to undermine collective bargaining rights and the rights of union members. And I'm really hoping, I already know it's been put up for a charter challenge, but, like, I really need that to to start picking up in the speed and <laughs> seeing what the outcome of that is. Because personally, like if I'm, if I'm interpreting the charter of rights and freedoms correctly, I would, I would think that that would be violating. 
the charter in the sense that, you know, we have people have a right to organize a union and they have a right to, you know, demand certain things and the government shouldn't interfere. Yeah. When it's with something like wages, like if this company hasn't seen wage or uh, this community service hasn't seen wage increases in 15 years and this bill specifically is going to fight them for even getting a little extra <laughs> those 15 years, it's uh, ridiculous, you know, that should be on the bargaining table. Yeah. Well, I think the absurdity of it is just like you have a government that's in place that won't put any freezes towards hike rents. <laughs> like yeah. they are uh, rent, rent hikes, hikes. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Hike rents. Can't speak, obviously. Um, and they can't, you know, and then they're going to go and turn around and put a freeze on some of the most vulnerable employee groups. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, austerity, uh, for everyone except for the big businesses is usually the way it goes with these things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not so much that they're putting like a, a rent. Um, they're not freezing rent hikes. They just made a, like a new piece of legislation where basically like any, any apartment that's built after or any house or structure that does renting after built after 2018 is like free from minimum hike um, or rent hikes. So like, you know how it's like they'll have the government sets a standard for what rent can be increased every year. Yeah. Yeah. Now they don't, they don't have that at all anymore for buildings that are built on 2018 and later. That's crazy. So like, I mean, like the market's going to dictate how much they're going to up their rent every year, because if they just up it astronomical amounts, of course, they're going to lose tenants. But like at the same time, that's crazy. That's nuts that they... Especially because housing is a, a human right. It's something that we always have to go back to, which is like, I mean, like you look, our wages are remaining stagnant. They put this bill 124 so that public workers, their wages are going to remain stagnant. But then they deregulate the housing market or, or these like rent uh, freezes such that now people can like skyrocket the rents and then who can pay for rent anymore, you know? especially in big cities like Toronto, which is uh, where, where is most, most of the jobs are and also like where young people tend to concentrate so they can start a career. So that's insane. People who are trying to start off their life, you're trying to make their life more difficult to start off. Which is why we need that Joe Biden energy up here. You know, we need the communism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The worries, though, I have about with the Joe Biden administration is like a lot of these things happen under like liberal and democratic rule as well. The problem about it is just like there's this sense of like hegemony where people are kind of like, oh, we've defeated the evil far right. Because it's like if you're too right and you're too outwardly with your social conservatism, that's that's the problem people have. But once you can closet that, put it in a box then it's okay to let austerity keep going. But meanwhile, austerity is the thing that's keeping, that's actually killing and like harming the most disenfranchised groups and the most marginalized groups in our society. So that, that just really bothers me. Yeah. I mean, you can see the liberals in our country already sort of like mouthing austerity after all this COVID stuff, you know? Uh, well, liberals are also like, have committed so many like back to work legislation, just so like not nearly as much. I'm actually not sure. But just, they've done it plenty of times towards workers. Yep. 
uh yeah no I, i'm like obviously my my talk about biden is all joking because he's, he's not gonna give us the communism but like yeah i i think i think what you're saying is a worry and we need to be vigilant uh especially on the left because obviously they're gonna try to ram through austerity just like everyone around the center to the right is going to be doing this and so my only hope in America is that you have enough people who are aware of this, who are learning, and who are going to fight back. And I hope we fight back here. I hope this charter uh, fight helps uh, people. It's not going to help Tropicana Community Services because they're currently uh, on strike right now. And my guess is it's not going to be a labor dispute that lasts for as long as this charter challenge is going to last. But uh, I do wish them the best, and I hope they get something because we're all struggling right now. So I would suggest sending them a, a word of hope, if you can, and solidarity. It's hard to promote solidarity given the COVID situation, but uh, even even giving them words of support and solidarity will be helpful. So if you have the means to do that, especially if you if they exist in your community and it's something that uh, you want to support, uh, please send them some, some strong words of solidarity. If you enjoy what you've heard so far, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash Imperial news. If you want to stay informed about what we are doing, you can also find us on Twitter at Imperial news with a Z. We have a private Facebook group called Imperial news. We also have a discord set up and we'll be doing Twitch streams every Friday at 8 PM. Last uh, stream, we did uh, the Poppy story and Whole Foods and all that fun shenanigans. <laughs> you can find all the links to our social media stuff on the show notes. Lastly, you can email us any questions at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at striatom.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening, and remember... Comrade Biden will allow women to play sports, ushering in our future communist utopia. But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Come on. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. In the late 80s about how Japan was going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. My heart breaks. Come on, man. 5% tax on the first dollar after the first million you made come on man who is uh, um, 68 years old to go get an ID card to be able to vote come on man look he's going to be 75 years old come on man we're all going to end up voting for this one come on man how do we deal with stateless actors without allies come on man in 30 seconds hey come what on, happens man. is what they do worthwhile Come on, man. 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 Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields.